I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello world and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. I'm sorry there was no episode last week. Um, and that I didn't tell you guys. I didn't know that I wasn't going to have an episode last week, but things happen. Um, on that note, there will not be an episode next week. Um, I will be in New York seeing my best friend and going to shows and museums and soaking up as much art and culture as I possibly can within 10 days. Uh, so, I will not be on my computer. I will not be recording. So I'm taking a little break, which I'm excited. This is the first vacation I've had in a very, 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 very long time. And I haven't seen my best friend in person in like two and a half years. So that's really exciting. I feel like I'm just going to cry the entire trip, which is fine. I don't care. I'll cry through the whole thing. That's fine by me. Anyway, let's get to the show, y'all. Today we have Gina Naomi Baez. You may remember her from She's Gotta Have It or Orange is the New Black. She's also done so much theater in New York, um, and she's super inspiring person, and I'm very excited for y'all to hear us have this conversation. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Gina Naomi Baez. And welcome to the show, Miss Gina. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited to talk to you. We have a we have a lot to to go down the road with. There's so much to talk about. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but first off, I want to start with um, 
all of the theater work that you do because okay. you have done some incredible productions. And I like want to give a special shout out to the fact that you played Esmeralda in Hunchback of Notre Dame because oh. my like five-year-old self would literally die knowing that. I had like the Esmeralda perfume that Disney was shelling out. Like oh, I had all of that. <laughs> I also had the McDonald's Esmeralda, like the hunchback on plate. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. The plates that they used to have. Yeah. No, it was like, mom, we got to go back through. We got to go back through. I need another one. Yes. I remember I had that one and the Hercules one. I thought it was so cool. Dude, they were amazing. That stuff was like peak 90s child. Like that was it. Definitely. Um, but tell me a little bit about like playing such an iconic role like that. I mean, at least for like us, that's an iconic role. Yeah, I mean, it was actually really special because this is so wild, but my grandma um was her name was Esmeralda, and I only found out that her name because I used to call her mama. And mm. then I went to I remember I went to see the movie with my grandpa, and then after the movie, he was like, You know mama's name is Esmeralda. And I was like, ah. what? And then I just thought to myself, wow, like I, I like want to be Esmeralda one day. Yeah. Now. I remember thinking that to myself when I was little. So then when it actually became a stage production and then all these regional theaters started doing it, I was like this, I need to do this. Like it needs to happen. And yeah. And I was so lucky. I got to do it twice actually, which I'm, and I would do it again and again, like wherever <laughs> I could. Um, but yeah, it's just. Just that role is just incredible. What like a fierce woman and just like she speaks her mind and she's so like philanthropic and like wants yeah. to help others and uh, she's so giving and her heart is like, oh, it's just amazing. And just singing those songs too. They're, oh my I, God. Okay. Songs. <laughs> how did you get through God Help the Outcasts? Like oh how, God. how did you do that nightly? Because I feel like I would just be sobbing my way through. I don't think I could do it. Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't know. I just, every time, every time I had to sing that, like, it's just something that you, that you don't get tired of. And yeah, I would get emotional. I mean, but I would just like take all that emotion and just like bust it out. Like, yeah. you know, when that key change happens and it's oh. just, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like um, actually dying thinking of this. <laughs> oh my God. I would um, do it a million more times. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I have to ask because I, I haven't seen the, the stage production of it ever. What happens mm. with the goat? Is Jolly there or is oh, Jolly not no a part goat. of it? That is okay. I know it's so sad though. There's no. I love Jolly. There really really aren't any um, gargoyles either. Like the ensemble, yeah, ensemble are the gargoyles. It's a little different, and then it's actually really sad because Esmeralda dies at the end. Like she legit dies. Like what? Yeah, it's more. It's more like the book. The book is a lot darker than the Disney version. Yeah, but so they took the book and then the Disney music and kind of like mesh them melded yeah oh man now I just like I feel like I'm gonna just go into this crying if I ever see it live I'm just gonna I'm gonna know that I need to bring tissues with me um but I mean you've done so many so many theater productions um what has been your favorite one so far Ooh, well I have to say obviously yes (laughs) um 
as we just talked about it. So that definitely has been one of my favorites. But um, actually, I think this last show that I just did, it was a new musical um, called Rattlesnake Kate. And that, that definitely is at the top of the list right now. It was just oh an gosh. awesome experience. What was it about? Oh, well, Rattlesnake Kate is about a pioneer woman in the late 1800s slash she she was born late 1800s and passed away in like 1960 something. Dang. And and um so it's about her life story. She grew up in Colorado um and it's about how basically she was out one day, you know, she's like a pioneer woman like badass and um she was out one day with her baby and she was just going like hunting for food, like for dinner because she lived in the outskirts of Colorado mm. and um, she got attacked by 140 rattlesnakes. What? And these snakes just came up like apparently as um they call it like a snake migration. And she somehow ended up, defeating all of them no yes and saving her horse and her child <laughs> what and, and then she <laughs> this is the craziest thing so she ends up going home like and putting her child like in safety or whatever and her horse and then she went back and got all the snakes and then she ended up skinning them and selling their venom for like cancer research and then she made a dress. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. She made a dress out of all the snake skin and a necklace out of the rattles. And then ended up like becoming this huge star. Um, almost like a like an Annie Get Your Gun kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like an Annie Oakley. Like she was in all the newspapers and from like all over the world, like in London, like everything. And she was like this famous woman that like defeated these snakes to save her son. And she lived to tell the story and she wears a dress now <laughs> of the snake skins. And it was like her claim to fame, I guess. And oh then, my God. But it's really crazy. Cause like, that's like the peak of the show, I guess, and her story. And then it's kind of just like the downfall of like what happened afterwards, like mm. just, and, and like her love life. And um, it's, it kind of mirrors it's called Rattlesnake Kate, and it's kind of like she's defeating snakes throughout her entire life. Mm. And um, when it comes to, like, men or um, a boss or just any like anything that's going on in her life, it was like she was always battling snakes in a way. So that w- that's kind of how it, I don't know, meshes together, <laughs> the idea of snakes. I mean, I just, I can't get over the fact that this woman <laughs> not only defeated all these snakes, but then decided to go back to them yes that's what gets me if I was around that many snakes first off I think I would just give up I don't know that my fight or flight instinct would actually make me like fight I think I would just be like all right see you later this is my ending that this is done I cannot move I hate snakes like this to me is a nightmare yeah it literally was I don't know how she did it and apparently it was with a sign like a no hunting sign like, it wasn't even with a gun. It was, like, my God. force. <laughs> like, I don't... What a badass. Exactly. They literally, the slogan for the musical was, like, a badass, like, 
a badass musical about a badass woman written by badass women. <laughs> nice. Just using badass. Like, yeah, multiple, multiple times. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. So it's, is that closed now or what's happening with it? We literally just Actually, closed the um, out of town tryout. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, everyone's kind of, we're just waiting to hear what's next, you know? Fingers it, crossed. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about the, the beginning of your acting journey. What, what made you want to, uh, get into this crazy industry? (laughs) Well, I, I guess I got the first taste of this crazy industry by watching, I have to just, the classics of, I mean, Oh my gosh, I just remember watching Wizard of Oz, Judy mm. Garland, and you know, just singing along to Summer Over the Rainbow like over and over and over again. And also my mom introduced me to Funny Girl, the, oh. the movie with yeah. Barbara Streisand, and I was obsessed. Like I would perform this musical in my bedroom, like my childhood bedroom, like singing <laughs> all the songs. I loved it and you know, my parents are always just very, um, they would always be playing Broadway mm. albums and stuff around the house, or they'd be playing like Celine Dion, like, you know, just like really like fierce, like woman vocals. And, um, yeah. And I just knew that I, that's what I wanted to do kind of thing. And then they brought me to a couple of Broadway shows. And I just remember every time I saw them, even though I was like five, six, seven, I'd be like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And yeah, and then I just like caught the bug and I made my mom drive <laughs> me to all these community theater auditions all the time. And I was I was doing like three or four shows at a time, like when I was in oh like, my God. elementary and middle school. Like, it was wild, but it was all I wanted to do. Like I did not want to do anything else. All I wanted to do was sing and act and do musicals and yeah. So that wow. was and I just never stopped. <laughs> So what was what was your journey then into adulthood? Did you take the classic course of going to college and figuring it out? Or did you bypass that and go straight to New York? Yeah, so I actually, well, I grew up in New York. So I was just always around, you know, the whole Broadway scene and the auditioning mm-hmm. scene. Um, and I don't know, just like growing up, I never really, I always told my mom, like, I want to go do auditions when I was, you know, younger. But we never really took it seriously um during the like during that time but whatever Mm -hmm. but then um yeah once I was in high school I I applied to colleges for musical theater Mm -hmm. and then I ended up going to Pace for musical theater oh wow and yeah did that for four years you know did like the showcase like the the agent showcase all that um and then just started auditioning like hardcore um and I actually was lucky enough, like my senior year, I got to do a couple really cool things in the city, a couple like shows in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like kind of already auditioning senior year. Right. But then I just really dove into it once I graduated and then like started, you know, auditioning also for like TV and film and right. like, learning those, like that whole side. Cause I was really focused on Broadway at first. And then I just kind of like, then I started branching out, I guess, like once college was over. And yeah, well, I mean, I think, I think for actors who truly are in it for the craft, I think we all imagine that it's like theater is the most exciting, right? It's the most, 
It's the most fulfilling because you get the audience reaction right there. You can feel it. You have that energy. It's just so different. But like when you're thinking about acting as a full-time career, I mean, theater doing that every single day is so daunting. And, um, you know, I think that's why we see really now actors doing it all. Back in the day, it was like, you were either a theater actor or you were a film actor. There was no crossover. And now it's like, everyone's just doing everything because it's just a more sustainable lifestyle. Like exactly. You can go off and do two weeks on a, on a TV set and then go back to doing theater for, you know, five, six months and then take some time off and go do a movie for a month. And it's a little bit more sustainable to like a healthy lifestyle, (laughs) which I feel like is, you know, it's difficult for people who are in um, this position of like constantly not knowing where your next job is coming from or, what you're doing so having that flexibility and learning all the sides of acting is incredibly important um, Definitely. you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast and however you shop we all know and love the thrill of the hunt but do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals because Rakuten shoppers do With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. So tell me a little bit about, you know, the, the TV side of it for you, because you've done, you know, some great shows, and how did that start, uh, you know, lining up with what you were doing in your theater career as well. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, I'm going to talk like a little bit on what you just said, just, you know, I kept seeing a lot of theater people doing TV and stuff. And I was like, Oh, like I I'd love to try this. I want to do this. And then I guess it's so funny because I saw when I saw, um, the Godspell revival, Mm. I saw, um, Uzo, Aduba? Uh, yes, in that show. And I was like, wow, this woman is amazing. And I, I was like so blown away by her in that revival. And then it was like a couple months later, all of a sudden like Orange is, is the New Black came out. Oh, man. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, that's the woman from Godspell. And like, I was like, wow, like that's um, like, this is amazing. And then just to see like her whole career, like just blow up, skyrocket and blow up is incredible. But, um, I, and I remember I like told my agent, I was like, Hey, like, I really want to do like TV more. I'd love to like audition more for TV. And then I just was like, I'm Latina. Like, I really want to be an artist's new black. I was like, <laughs> that's my goal. Like, that was just like my one like little goal that I had. Yeah. For myself. And then 
it just like kind of, I don't know, I guess like the stars aligned in this acting world, which I don't know, but it was just it happens. all of a sudden, like I finally like got an audition for it and it was like just the perfect audition. It was like Dominican girl who had to sing in Spanish. And so I was like, oh, I have to sing one, like done. Easy. Sing in Spanish. I can do that. And like, it was just like all worked out. And that was like my first really big audition too. Like I might've had a couple more. I, I probably had like a bunch more before that, but like, this was like, this was a show that like people knew, I guess. And just right. that I knew. And I was like, this is it. Like, um, but yeah, so that was like my first, I guess, booking or something where I was like, wow, right. like I can do this. Like, Oh wow. Maybe I can keep doing this or, and I kind of just like got the bug to like being on set too. I was like, Oh wow. I was like, mm-hmm. I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like for you to be on set? No, like having only been, you know, in the theater world, how was it? How was that transition for you? Like learning how to play for the camera instead of for the audience? Um, it definitely was a little difficult because I'm like that girl that's like, I'll give it like a mil- hundred and ten percent. So I definitely know that I probably do too much, like always have to hold back. Um, and but I don't know, everyone, everyone that I was working with, like on set and everything was just really like graceful though. And like supportive and we would do it like a bunch of times, but it was just, you learn like different, I guess, mannerisms or different techniques ish, um, mm. going through it. But I also just loved the whole vibe. Like you're almost, you're actually treated like a little more human sometimes Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. on on a set like in tv and and film which I've just which I like kind of appreciate (laughs) (laughs) like you're just like oh wow like you care about me like I I am loved (laughs) yeah like (laughs) you get like you get like a little spoiled I feel and then it's like you're doing like just because theater is just such a different world in that whole yeah like because again you're doing it like for like the craft and like the love and like just it's such a different experience. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I just, I don't know. Like that was my experience. I just loved it. I love like the costume fitting, like them giving you everything, like down to the T. Yeah. You're not allowed to wear anything. (laughs) No, doing your makeup, your own backstage. Yeah. Yeah, No, like no fake wigs that you're trying to put on yourself. (laughs) Like someone's doing like my inmate makeup. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Is this needed? I don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So you do Orange Is the New Black, and then what was uh what was the process for you like after that? As far as the balancing of um you know doing these TV spots and films and going back um, and forth through theater. Yeah, I guess it was you know it's just go. <laughs> it's hard to like explain. I mean, I guess it's just like the ups and downs of like this career. Like there's no, uh, like there's been a lot of no's and Mm -hmm. then, you know, but then it's like, Oh, okay. Like, and then a yes comes along. I mean, I felt like after that I was doing a lot of, a lot of theater, um, like a, a new musical and a bunch of regional stuff. Um, so I was like, okay, like the ball's rolling with that again. So kind Mm -hmm. of focusing on that. Um, and then it took a while to like book a next like TV thing, Mm. um, 
which I think, I don't even know. I think the next one was like, <laughs> I know, I'm like, oh, I don't know what I did. <laughs> I don't okay. know what life is. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> when you've been in it long enough, you start forgetting everything that you've done and you're just like, yeah, I, t- I think I did that. <laughs> I think I did that show. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think it was like a, maybe like a year and a half and then I got um, the She's Gotta Have It show, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. like just like really like a big surprise to me too. Um, but also like the most amazing opportunity. Like I'm so grateful for that experience. Yeah. Like, that was really like life changing. That was great. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I was great. You're like, dang, that was good. I'm like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, I wish I could go back. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm just like doing, you know, just like any audition I get, mm-hmm. like, I'm just, I'm just trying to make the most of it. And trying to stay positive because it's really hard to stay positive. Yeah, ain't that the truth? You gotta, yeah. <laughs> you gotta find you gotta find the shit to like release all of the frustration too. Mm-hmm. Which is very is there? Do you have things that you do to like release? Oh yeah. Um. Well, I also I'm like I write my own songs and mm-hmm. like just started releasing them a couple years ago, and so that has been like a huge release. Just like. Mm songwriting and all that and also just you know like tip like normal things like binge watching like Bridgerton or like you know, yes <laughs> like, like watching the real housewives like, <laughs> um, all these things where I'm like yes <laughs> um Let it go. Yeah. I know it's just but it's like the little things like that and like working out like just yeah. getting to the gym like taking care of yourself like some self-care always and isn't it so frustrating that actually going to the gym does help like it does when you're it makes me angry like it makes me angry that it does change my mood because I'm just like I wish I didn't have any benefits for this because I don't like doing it but I feel the exact same way and I'm so angry until when I'm done with the workout then I'm like oh Oh, this is great okay that's why So true. Um, okay, wait, real quick. Bridgerton season two. What did you think? Okay, no, I have not finished it. Don't give me any spoilers. Yeah. I was a little late to the party. So okay. I just finished season one just a few months ago. And then like, yeah. I still have to get through season two. Um, okay. But okay. yes. Okay. Well, we're going to have to talk about this later once you've watched it all um uh but uh on this show we like to share audition stories um now that can be you know the one that got away could be a disaster it could be really anything you want but is there one that you'd like to share with the listeners oh my goodness okay I have two that come to my mind yes like (laughs) instantly I don't know if I should say (laughs) like the embarrassing one or just like both both okay so I'll go with the embarrassing one first okay so when I first got out of college I went in for like did um well it's sleep yeah I went in for this production (laughs) (laughs) Um, and actually it was on a cruise ship which now I'm like oh my god I will never work on a cruise ship because I then went I never was on a cruise ship ever and like I went on a cruise and I was so sick for a while so I was like, oh, I could never live on this. Like, no. this would not work for me. I'd be so sick. So anyway, but long story short, the audition room was very small. And I had to do this scene where I was like a brat, like a bratty kid. 
And I don't know, like, what possessed me to do this. But oh, God. The, <laughs> the guy was just sitting there, and he had his coffee, his Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I remember this vividly. And I was, I was doing the scene, and for some reason, I, like, slammed the table, because it was, like, such a small room. And I slammed <laughs> the table, like, being a brat. I was like, no! And, like... <laughs> And then the coffee, no, <laughs> the coffee just like, I don't even know how this happened. I guess I slapped the table really hard because I was giving 150% as I told of you. Of course, of course. The coffee just kind of went flying like up <laughs> in the air and went all over him. And he was so pissed. Like, oh he my was God. So <laughs> And I just stopped and I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I just slept the table. <laughs> I was possessed. I don't know what came over me. I'm so sorry. And I just kept saying sorry. And he was like, it's fine. And like, but I could just see like the anger like behind his eyes. Like, It's not it's fine where it, where it really means if you say one more word to me, I will kill you. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was so bad and it was like terrible. Like, and I remember I walked out, I left, and I was just like, I just started crying. Like, oh, I, was, no. I was just like, I felt so stupid, and I was just so embarrassed. And I did not get a call back. Okay. <laughs> but okay, here's the question though: Have you seen that casting director since? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god. It's like that woman spilled coffee on me. She ruined my Dunkin' Donuts. I haven't. But like, just to be fair, like they only, that guy like only where I know that he only like cast like the cruise ship stuff. And I've okay. never been in for like, okay. a cruise, that, I've never been in for that company like ever. Well, that's, well, that's good. Ever it's again. Good realize so. that you can't work on cruise ships because that means you can avoid that man for the rest of your life. She like blackballed me like coffee girl never again. <laughs> never. <laughs> oh my god, that's oh my brilliant. Gosh. I love that. Oh, I, I don't know that why one. that one definitely sticks out. I mean, that's great. Oh, okay. It's just fantastic. You know, that's what happens when you're a committed actor. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> oh god, that was great. Um <laughs> I can't even think now. Shit. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a cup of Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. Was it was it iced or was it hot? It was hot. Oh shit! It was actually worse. He has like <laughs> the third degree burns. He's like <laughs> <laughs> they had to stop the session so he could go to the hospital. <laughs> oh my goodness! So oh, embarrassing. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> if he's listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, mystery man. Um, you talked a little bit about your singing and songwriting before. Yeah. I'd love to just hear a little bit about the songs that you're releasing and, and you know, all of that kind of fun stuff. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm going to be releasing another EP. I'm very excited. Um, but I actually wrote these songs. They're, like, very, like, singer-songwritery, folky, but, like, very, like, moody. Um mm just getting in the feels. Um, actually, I actually wrote them, um, over this past year when just like, I'll just add this in there that, so I had my thyroid 
um, removed a, a year ago, about a year and one month ago. Wow. Um, and I, you know, had to work this whole past year almost to like, I guess, um, sorry, I cannot speak. Blech. Okay. It's all good. I <laughs> um, lost my thoughts earlier too. It's fine. Um, so I basically had to work on using my voice again, my singing mm. voice. Because when you get your thyroid removed, it messes, you're basically moving all of the nerves and everything around your vocal cords. Oh my um, God. So I had to like do major vocal therapy after, um, for a couple months to really just sing again. Mm. Um, and it was just like a lot of feelings, um, cause it ended up being cancer. So it was just like very like emotional time for me. Oh my God. Yeah. And, um, Anyways, I was writing a lot of songs then because that's what I do when I have feelings. And then I was just like, really, I just have been working on them ever since. And now I just have, you know, five songs that I'm like ready to release in the world now. And, but yeah, it's about kind of my journey that I've gone through and just like the feelings. And, um, I hope maybe like people can relate to it and relate to these different feelings. Well, and, I'm, I mean, I'm yeah. sure they will. I don't feel mm-hmm. like I, I hear too many um, songs. I don't know. I feel like when you're, when you're listening to, you know, feely songs, it's mostly about mm-hmm. love, you know? Yeah. Um. So I don't feel like people really touch on a lot of things outside of just love. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. I think that's important. And obviously like, that was a really important thing for you to do during that difficult time and like letting all those emotions out. I mean, it must've been like super cathartic for you to be able to like put pen to paper about your feelings. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It definitely was. And just to like make them actual songs, like not just, you know, me and a guitar or like me and my piano, like random chords and just or just like these lyrics I'm like oh like this is a real song now and um just to bring that all to life has been just really incredible and I'm excited to share it with the world we're excited to listen to it um (laughs) and I'm glad that you are healthy and that your voice is back thank you thank you I I mean I don't want to press you on it but I mean I would love to know what it was like you know as as a performer our lives are already so uncertain so I, I would love to know what that was like, what that experience was like for you, especially at such a young age. Yeah, um, it was super scary. Um, yeah. but I <laughs> here's another one for you. No, so um so I had I actually had cancer when I was twelve. So I've already wow. been through I've already been through this whole journey ish kind of um like the chemo and everything, and then you know, when this started happening, it was just because I like saw there was like a lump on my neck and, Mm. um, they were, they just kept telling me how it was not cancer, um, and to not worry about it. And then when I would get it biopsied, they said it wasn't cancer. It would come back non-cancerous. Um, but then it just got to the point where it was affecting every single thing that I was doing from like a photograph to a self tape, I'd always be like wearing turtlenecks because I didn't want mm. them to see like this bump on my neck. And then when the pandemic happened, I knew like this was the time, I guess, if I was going to get it removed. Yeah. Um, it probably was like the ideal time to do it because I'd have recovery time. 
But I was really scared because that's the one thing you hear as a singer that it can affect your voice and you might not be able to sing again or like, or use your voice the way that you're used to again. So it was very difficult to make the decision. Um, but I don't know, something in me just told me to get it out. And, um, I kind of just went for it. Like I I found a surgeon that I trusted and I, and I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And, um, I went for it and like, thank God I did because then it came back that it was cancer. Wow. So I'm just really grateful that I did it because who knows if it was still there, like, and it was just growing or like metastasizing, like where mm-hmm. it would have, you know, maybe I wouldn't have like a throat anymore or something, you know, like there's so many crazy, awful stories out there of just like can like all of a sudden you have like stage four cancer. It's like, well, and yeah. Um, well, I mean, that just teaches everyone, like, you need to listen to your gut, especially when it comes to health stuff. And, exactly. like, it's it's absolutely ridiculous that we have to, like, fight for us to be seen by doctors and exactly. say, no, this is, I know this is wrong. I know that something's wrong with my body. And, like, mm-hmm. it's insane that we have to do that. But thank God you did. And if anybody's listening to this and you feel like something is, like, not right, you have to keep pressing. Exactly. Definitely. Um, and so then it was just the journey of going to vocal therapy every week or mm. well, virtual vocal therapy because we were still in yeah. a pandemic. And <laughs> so I was working with like a therapist every week and we, we do like all these crazy exercises. But um, and then, yeah, I got the okay to sing. And it still wow. like makes me nervous to this day. I have to be honest. I even did a new musical. I, the whole time I was like freaking out the whole time. I was like, oh my gosh, is my voice going to hold up? Is this going to mm. be okay? I mean, but it did. Like it did. Like I can do it. You can do it. Yeah. You can do it. You got this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just been this crazy journey and I'm just so grateful that I can still sing. Cause honestly singing is like my number, is my number one, like my first love. and. I was just so nervous because I didn't want to not be able to sing again. Like I, I didn't know what that would be. Yeah. Like for me, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine like making a decision like that. It must've been just heartbreaking yeah. almost. Yeah. It was super hard. Um, but I'm everything just- worked out. Yeah. Everything worked <laughs> out. Thank God. And, and now you're releasing an EP and things are going great and we're just kicking ass yes. over here is what's happening. Yes, we're living the best life. <laughs> yes. Um, well, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Where can people follow you on social media? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I am on the Instagram at yes. Gina Naomi Baez and also the TikTok. Same thing at Gina <laughs> Naomi Baez. <laughs> And um, yeah, I'm also on Twitter, all the good places like Facebook, all I the guess, things, all, all the dang socials that we have to yeah. be on these days. And I'm um, on YouTube too. And hey, hey. yeah. Well, I have so enjoyed talking to you. You have such a great story. And man, I mean, you are on a path. I can well, see it. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. Thanks again to Gina for coming on the show and hanging out with me. Um, I'm super excited for her new EP to release and see everything that she accomplishes. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it right now. Hit those ratings and reviews buttons and leave us five stars because it helps. 
um and it's nice please do that and um yeah follow the show on social media check out all the stuff we post those links are in the show notes you can also follow gina those links are in the show notes and i won't be here next week so no episode but i'll be back the next week um and until then thanks for coming in Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.